Welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, your go-to source for straight-up business advice. Hi guys and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford. And on today's episode, I am taking you inside the mind of one of the most genius creatives that I know, and her name is Kate Berry. Kate is a good friend of mine, an absolute legend of a person and a genius when it comes to coming up with creative ideas and executing to absolute beautiful creative, mind-blowing, awesome, outside-of-the-box stuff. And Kate's going to share with you her journey and some of the projects that she's working on, but also just shares really honestly about, you know, being a creative with lots of different ideas that maybe haven't been done before and how to back yourself on, on executing on an idea and the the um, stories behind things working out and things not working out and dealing with the money side of having creative ideas and getting people on board for something that you can concept and see and, and how do you get other people on board. But Kate has done so many incredible things from magazines. You might know her from Lunch Lady magazine as well as OK Motels, which she talks a lot about in this episode, which is a music festival in rural Victoria. And she's worked with governments who have been activating spaces post-COVID. More recently, at the end of this episode, she decided to share that she was being paid to go on somebody else's road trip and document it. But the way that Kate looks at the world and her creative lens and her ability to see opportunities and to bring them to life and to do things that nobody else is doing and you know, really bring community together to do that and experience that for me is an absolute gift to this world and blows my mind of how she pulls this stuff off. But I love how humble and dedicated and connected she is to the creative community and how much she believes in it. And it pays off in her work and some of the amazing things that she has achieved over the years and will continue to achieve in and amongst so many ups and downs in her own personal life, as well as um, business, obviously, flowing in and out. And, you know, I think she talks about um, starting a bar as well, a little cafe in the back of Melbourne, in the back street of Melbourne, like just a pure example of somebody who is naturally wired for coming up with ideas that are outside the box and figuring out how to get paid for it. So this is everything that I love about Startup Creative and meeting people like Kate and pulling apart their minds and their stories and how they did it so that more of us can get out there and do this because Kate is a shining example of what is possible when you really back yourself. Enjoy the episode, guys. There is so much wisdom. Kate is an absolute legend. Go look her up on um, on Instagram, follow her work, and she is bound to inspire you. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Kate Berry. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Hi. Yeah, I know. It's a pleasure. I um, was just telling Kate and I feel like I often talk about you and how inspiring you are as a entrepreneur and a creative entrepreneur, always coming up with fabulous ideas and just executing everything you do so on point from like your branding and the lead up hype and your photography and everything that you've, you've done and that I've seen has been so inspiring. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. That's so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure. But um, I'm really excited to dive into your story because I think you've done some incredible things over the years. And there's the, yeah, I was the creative aspect to what you do as well um, as having that business mind. And I think there's a lot to learn from you. And it's just inspiring to see the projects that you work on. So I might get you to start and introduce yourself and I guess what your current business is. And yeah, let's dive into your story and how it all came about. Yeah, sure. Uh, I always find it so difficult to explain what I'm doing at one particular time, but um, I'll give it a 
a really good go. Um, so yeah, I'm Kate and I'm currently working um, on OK Motels and also other events. Um, I've just fled Melbourne from since COVID and so I'm working on events in Ballarat as well, um, which is really exciting. Um, and, and currently I'm just, yeah, concentrating on building experiences for people and which is a really cool thing to do, especially coming out um, of COVID and people kind of hungry to be doing that kind of stuff, I think. So it's a nice thing to be doing at this point of time. Yeah. And so what, what do you, what's your title? Do you call yourself an event coordinate I don't know that's oh, really I think, yeah I don't know. well when people ask me what I what's my job I say I'm a creative director because it's a job title but then I realize that people don't actually even know what that means either so <laughs> um yeah it is a really it is a really difficult um I, I'm not too sure what I am to be honest I <laughs> you're a creative who makes money <laughs> being creative <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah, I feel um I I'm somehow get to make a living out of doing things that I love and uh, and I guess you know I a lot of the time I tell people that I make things for people to enjoy and and make a living out of doing that. And I think that's why it would really stood out for me to have you on the podcast because obviously that's what startup creative is all about. And I definitely, as a business coach, come across a lot of different ideas and people with you know, doing exactly or wanting to do exactly this, which is, this is what I'm, I love. This is what I'm good at. Is it possible to make money? And I think your story is an incredible example of somebody who is super creative and has consistently done that over the last few years. Um, And yeah, I think this is the whole point of Startup Creative is telling stories so people can know that it's possible. Yeah, I, I yeah, I I do feel <laughs> it is it's possible. Such, it's such a classic <laughs> creative response of being like, yeah, but am I actually really doing this? Like it's so like <laughs> yeah, I know, and yeah, and sometimes I, and it's only it was only this morning that I did this that this thing that I do often where I pinch myself going, yeah, I'm. Um, I'm, you know, I'm paying paying my rent. I'm, you know, my feeding my kids, and we're not stressed, and you know, so and I've managed to get through the pandemic. So something's something's working, um, and yeah. But I, I do. Um, I always feel that I lucked out though, and and I know that that's you know when when I say that to people, they kind of roll their eyes and and think that you know that's a silly thing to say. But um, I do. Um, often think about what is the difference between, um, you know, what is the, how, how, what is the thing that makes something successful, like a creative thing successful? And um, I mean, with me, I always, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an extremely kind of, I'm a passionate person. So if I love something, I, I really love something. I'm obsessed with it. And, and I guess I just kind of follow those things thinking that if I love something so much, surely there's, some other people around that think it's pretty cool too. And um, that's pretty much been my, you know, business mantra. (laughs) Oh, so sorry. My courier has just arrived. (laughs) We're back. We just, Kate and I were just having a little side chat because my courier just arrived and we're like, of course this happens. The the one hour of the day that you need no interruptions. That's what makes it real. Um, so, okay, we're jumping back on that conversation, which I'm really, I think this is going to be really powerful for people around the idea of what makes a creative idea stick. And I know that you were saying like you kind of lucked out and I think I'm going to definitely challenge you on that and say that, you know, your passion <laughs> is what makes you like stand out. Um, but mm-hmm. also you work really hard. Like you're a hustler. Mm-hmm. You, when you, you're that passion <laughs> When you have that idea, yeah. you obviously see it through to the end. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I think you know when you are really into something, um, and 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 I mean, well, I know when I'm really into something, I just can't stop telling people about it, and I think, um, and I'm excited by stuff, and I think, um, when you feel something genuinely, like when it's something that's like 
something that's genuine and is coming from, you know, a place of real, uh, yeah, real passion or, you know, I mean, with motels, for example, when I tell people about OK Motels, like they actually have to tell me to shut up after a while because it's, I just can't stop. I'm just so excited by the idea and, um, and so I think people feed off that energy as well. And when you, um, if you're not 100% behind an idea, I think, you know, people can definitely feel that and, um and I, yeah, I think that that's one of the, the things that makes, you know, okay work or, you know, lunch lady when I was at lunch lady, um, you know, it was things that, you know, I really felt passionate about. So it was easy to, to sell in, sell, no, that sounds awful, but I mean, essentially that's what you're doing um, yeah. to, to people. <laughs> that's so. also such a classic creative person like I was like I'm I love this and I really love I want to do it and then when it comes to like selling it you're like oh I can't talk about that it's like because you love it so much I know <laughs> I know it, it feels like you know a dirty word it's um <laughs> and yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I'm I'm terrible with um talking money and it definitely is one of my weaknesses and I feel and, and, and I guess in a way sometimes that's why I do say that I lucked out because I, I'm just, yeah, I really am bad at that side of things. So, um, I think you know, my, a, my budgets are all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I think is like, I'm, this is, you know, I'm intrigued by this as well, because, you know, it's obviously mm-hmm. what I do for a living is to teach people to do what you, you have done. And I think that's part of what makes it work and why people come to you and like you know we'll, we'll dive into commissioning the recent music festival that you've done um but it's mm. why that's attractive is because you're so deeply passionate and you know believe in what you're doing that that oozes and you know when people come to me and or you know ask for marketing advice like there is such an essence and I see it time and time again of businesses and brands and creatives that do well like mm-hmm. at the core of it is a founder or an entrepreneur or the ideas person who is just oozing this desire to bring this creative idea to life. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally, I totally agree. It's um, and I think it's definitely a, been a shift too um, recently where people look for that kind of thing a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. People. People are looking for like genuine um, connection to to experiences or you know products that they're buying. Um, I feel that it's actually something that's become a lot more important as well to, to mm. people buying into stuff. So um, I think you know, like absolutely. I was, yeah, yeah. You go. <laughs> uh, I, I was just saying. I was just going to say. I was having a conversation with someone the other day who was. Um, organizing an event and I, I often see people do this where they organize some an event or you know set off on a project to um to get an outcome you know like I I'm going to put this event on because I want to make $25,000 or whatever mm. whereas you know, I just feel that that's such the wrong like it's such a wrong way to look at stuff I, I feel if you just go to put something on because you love it and you love the idea and you think that people are going to enjoy it and you're going to enjoy bringing it to people, then you're going to get a better outcome rather than, you know, flipping it and looking at it the other way. And um, Mm. because, yeah, and uh, yeah, so I just, I feel that people will always, not always, that's that's not right, but I feel that you're going to have a better chance of people buying into what you are trying to sell them uh, uh, if you you know if you're genuine and if you if yeah. it's something that you, that you love or that you're yeah. behind so absolutely I think you know that I often say that is like there's so it's easy to come up with a business idea you know like I'm sure that you have plenty and there's you know people are always looking mm-hmm. around for them but to have an idea that you can fully back I think you know and and because I think you know, and probably your example is somebody who runs events. I'm sure there's plenty of sleepless nights and you've run a magazine, which I 
I know how that feels. And, you know, you really do push yourself to beyond human limits. And that Mm. passion is eventually what's going to fuel that extraordinary level that you have to go to in order to birth something, especially something that's never been done before. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and that yeah, it's interesting actually. Like, you know, when you um I when you try and find references to what you're doing and you don't find any because it hasn't been done before, it, it is quite scary. Um mm. but also I mean at the same time it's it's kind of exciting because you're like, well, you know, this is something that's new. And and mm. that is yeah, it is um, you know, trying to convince, you know, five hundred people to drive three hours to a motel in the middle of nowhere was, um, you know, <laughs> I, I just like went straight. Like, initially it was meant to be a party for 50 of my mates and it just kind of snowballed into, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> Let's talk people. about this. Let's dive into <laughs> OK Motel. Because so, this is actually the reason why I'm like, how the hell did you pull that off? Like, and for those, like those of you who don't know, and I'm sure Kate can give it a better um, definition than I can, but exactly what Kate just said, she decided to throw a party at a motel in the middle of nowhere outside of Melbourne and managed to sell it out and multiple times. And now is a, a thing that we'll also dive into the, the recent bowling alley party, which looked amazing in Ballarat. Um, but yeah, where let's talk about okay motels. What, what's your tagline for it and tell us where the idea came from and, and how the hell you pulled it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, initially, um, initially it was just an Instagram account um, of, um, well, well, initially the name came from, um, because, you know, people call call them, you know, shitty motels or shit motels. And I was like, well, you you can't call them that. That's not, (laughs) not, you know, that's not to have an Instagram account called that. And um, so I I think I I was staying actually um, in the Ace Hotel in um, in London, and I was like, ah, oh, those motels I love. They're like they're they're like the the Australian version is like not an Ace Hotel, it's an OK Motel, and so <laughs> that is where the name came from. <laughs> and um, and yeah, and and so I I just kind of travelled around, you know, and took photos of my in, the Instagram account, and then just happened to stumble across this motel in Charlton. Um, and took some photos and then walked into, and I, I got goosebumps. I walked into this function room that is like a 600-person capacity function room that lost in time um, from the 70s, still had, you know, dusty posies on the table. It was just, oh, it was so incredible. And I was like, this would be such a great place for a party. So I kind of, you know, went to plan this party for you know 50 of my mates but it um kind of yeah snowballed into having you know tropical fuck storm and bitch diesel and cable ties uh, come blake scott come and play and we had you know 450 500 people there and um yeah it was uh, you know and it was one of those things like when i was talking before like when you build an experience that you think oh yeah oh my god this would be the greatest when you stand in a space and see people enjoying this thing that you've built in a way that you knew that you would love it is just one of the most magical things ever. Like, and, and I think that is definitely the driver behind, you know, why I just do these silly risky things all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, and yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, you're right. So I was going to say, so like bringing that idea together, like you were sharing before, like Mm -hmm. it is that risk taking and how did, you know, did, you know, and I think a lot of the startup entrepreneur world talks about validating ideas and, you know, getting your first paying customer. (laughs) Obviously that went out the the window. There was no validating going on. (laughs) (laughs) My friends would want to do it, so let's do it. You know, in saying that though, because you know, at, at, um, as you know, like I did the um, accelerator Acme accelerator um, last year, so there, I learned all about validating and testing and 
Um, and in saying that I didn't validate, it is true I, in a way, but at the same time, I knew that um, a lot of people followed OK Motel's Instagram and it was really, you know, it was a really engaged Instagram account and it happened really quickly. So I just was like, well, well, you know, there are people that love this. So, you know, let's just hope there's enough of them <laughs> that I can convince to drive three hours to to Dalton, um, to a t- town that no one had heard of really. And, um, and then all also sell into Charlton that, you know, a band called Tropical Fuckstorm was going to play in their town. <laughs> and be <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, here comes the really, rowdy really, Melbourne kids. Yeah, yeah, it actually was, yeah, it was a bit difficult only because they'd had a, a bad experience with a, a festival before. So it was, you know, quite an exercise in in winning, you know, a town over. But um I, I got officially called uh, uh, just talking a lot to people, um, making myself available, um, you know, writing letters, putting them in letter boxes. Um, I I organised a meeting to have like cup of tea at the motel for anyone that was concerned about the event that they could come and have a cup of tea with me and and ask me questions. Um, yeah, and you know, no one really showed Did people up. Come? No. Yeah. <laughs> there, was a, there was a few people. Like I think, you know, the mayor, he came and talked to me and we had a good chat. Um and just as I was ready to go, actually, the town Ambo came and had a chat with me and um I think I was there for two hours. He was he really did challenge me and was quite combative at the start, but by the end we were hugging and crying and, and it was magic. <laughs> so wow. I think, um, you know, I think a lot with, you know, smaller town, or not just anything new really, you know, it, it takes, I think, just listening to what people have to say instead of telling them what you're going to do <laughs> is... Yeah. Um, is a bit is more powerful I think um so. I think that's also like one a big challenge that you know entrepreneurs and startups and creatives face is like mm. it's that fine line between you know I can you know the idea and you know having lived in Melbourne especially like the northern north north side is you know that it's very mm. full of creatives and it's very rare to see someone wearing the same thing you know and people are very expressive and I can imagine you know the idea and how I felt about it was like cool this is something new you know they're looking for that new experience Mm. and that that does sell it like yeah cool let's try something new and um, Melbourne Mm. I feel is very especially the music scene there is very open to that and um, but yeah it's that fine line between how new and different can I go before I push it over an edge yeah well yeah I mean that yeah that's it I think um you know sometimes it can get a bit you know there's things that I've definitely seen that's like well it's just kind of being different for different sake kind of thing Mm -hmm. um but I think um yeah I, I I'm really I mean one of the big other big drivers but that sort of came out from the second event of okay was um after, you know, all those conversations with the people in Charlton, I kind of started to realise how, you know, people from, you know, Melbourne don't and people from, you know, regional Victoria don't really talk to each other often. And I think a lot of um, a lot of us make assumptions about each other. And um, so one of the things that I kind of started to try and do with the second and third event was... Um, create conversation between people in Charlton and the people that came along um, just to kind of give it something like the event a bit more substance than just um, being coming to Charlton and watching bands and then leaving again. I kind of wanted to sort of build some, I don't know, just build something that made people feel good as well. So the last event we did um, a... Uh, pool competition which was like a doubles pool comp so but the partners had to be you know one person from Melbourne one person from Charlton so you know it instantly gave people a connection and a thing to talk about and it was oh my god I spent most of the night crying because it was so Mm. magic (laughs) but um, (laughs) 
I think that, you know, when you can start plugging in these real experience, like real outcomes in your, Mm. you know, ideas as well, I think that that is is something that um, makes, you know, is the difference between just, you know, a cool idea and maybe something that has some longevity. Um, Yeah, I love that. And I think that's part of, you know, when we come back to that idea around why the ideas work and, you know, creative ideas work, Mm -hmm. it's like you tend to find, you know, in the way that, you know, you do struggle with the money side of it, it's because it's part of your essence, Mm -hmm. right? It's like your creativity is your, Mm -hmm. your, you know, part of your DNA. And so it feels weird to sell something that we love, but, you know, when you're able to, um, I think it's like the, an idea that's got more than just like, you know, what you're saying before money, but like a purpose to it. And I think that's where as consumers, Mm. we're going to be looking for that more where, where it's not just another clothing label or another event or another business coach. It's like, we actually want somebody who stands for something that's actually we're buying a way of life or change or, you know, that we, we can put ourselves to and say, yeah, I believe in that. Yeah, uh, totally. I, I, yeah, I think, um, and you can see it too. Like just I was looking at Instagram yesterday how quickly people turn on um, businesses that aren't, you know, and, you know, I, I think, that, you know, people can get a bit, um, is it the cancel culture thing? But I think, you know, <laughs> it, I think <laughs> uh, I, I just was been reading this thread yesterday about people turning against this certain brand because, you know, they thought it was one thing, but it really it was just actually a product at the end of the day. And, mm. um, and people do expect, you know, the the brands that they love to yeah to stand for for something and um and uh yeah I mean it's scary because you don't want to put you know it is scary actually I I was thinking about that the other day when I was writing something for um the our bio I was like oh you know I just want to make sure that I'm you know saying the right thing for what mm. I where I've positioned myself you know what I mean so yeah, yeah it's, it is um, yeah and I've spoken to a few big brands actually that we've had on the podcast and just kept in touch with and there, there's a huge mm. pressure for them like you know it definitely it's like they're like okay what are we going to stand for and being really mm. genuine and authentic in every touch point in your business if you are going to stand up and say I'm going to stand for this then you have to, you know, ooze it. It can't just be like a nice little yeah. tick box. But then the pressure comes with yeah. like, well, why aren't you standing up for this? Or you could be doing more. And, yeah, it's definitely yeah. getting harder and harder as a business owner, I think. The more, especially the more. But it definitely more, has to come from a, Yeah, it definitely has to come from a genuine place though, doesn't it? You know, it's, you can't, you can't make, because I have, I've seen this a couple of times, you know, where people go oh well this is um you know this is the the hot charity or the hot thing for the moment so we're going to stand for that and it just doesn't it doesn't work if you don't feel it and um and it's like with anything if you're you know you don't feel the idea or you don't feel what you're trying to communicate people see right through it and Mm. um yeah yeah. absolutely so So let's talk about some of your creative I can tell it's um the way that you that you take photos you photograph them I'm like I want to go here (laughs) and no and I'm so I'm like I get worried going are people going to arrive and it's like oh it doesn't actually look like that (laughs) but it does does. yeah but I think like that's what you're able to do is show people a new lens like you it's like if if you look at it this through you know it is old and it is like a, a time stamp in our in our history and our you know just design aesthetics mm. and this is a part of our country that people don't go and see because you know we we got we probably moved towards the flashing lights and new and you know yeah. trendy instagrammable stuff so it's not like it's you're very yeah. much a change maker, Kate Berry. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, we're all a bit, you know, we're kind of forced 
forced to, you know, explore our backyards a bit more now. So it's the perfect time to, to go and, you know, see these places. Absolutely, which brings me into your latest project that I'm excited to hear more about, which is the Be Here Now music festival that you just put on in Ballarat. How did that come about? Um, well, I, I left Melbourne um, in the first lockdown and um, moved to, back to Ballarat. I was here about 10 years ago and, um, and I, got, I just, yeah, I got in touch with um, the creative, um, I'm not sure what her title is, but the amazing woman who's in charge of creative arts in the city of Ballarat. And um, she actually asked me to come up with a concept for a music festival that um, for November um, in Ballarat and, and basically to showcase the diverse uh, music community that is here. And because, uh, you know, I, I was actually really surprised. I thought that Ballarat, you know, and, and it does have a name for just being, you know, a very, very white town, but it's pretty, it's, it's actually quite incredible that, you know, the diversity that is here. And so it was an eye-opener for me and I was really excited to share that with with other people and sort of change their viewpoint on what they may think of Ballarat. Um, but also change, you know, the viewpoint of what people in Ballarat thought of their own town as well. And I think I chose, um, and as I was saying to you before, because I had to come up with a concept for an event that was in November, you know, that event could have looked like, five different outcomes you know audience no audience streaming no streaming I just you know I didn't so I had to it was quite a challenge um in the end we ended up having an audience for one at the end when some restrictions were lifted but the first two just were purely streamed <clears throat> and I chose um locations in Ballarat that were like quintessentially Ballarat locations, but thing, and I guess it's similar to the OK Motel thing where there were locations that may not necessarily get a lot of um, attention. So the first event was in a, a disused bacon factory. Um, mm-hmm. The second was actually in a, a 70s motel. And the third was in this um, stuck in time 80s bowling alley. I always had wanted to put bands on, in a bowling alley, and so it was pretty. It was pretty cool to That's have a great idea. Back it, yeah. What so was so did, cool too is that, sorry. Go. You go. No, you go. I, I was just going to say what was really cool about the bowling alley is they have um, disco bowls, and um, so you know it was quite easy to kind of make that place look really cool because there was you know a ton of mirror balls and black light already there <laughs> that's so amazing and people performed in the alley right yeah so I put um yeah I I did kind of drive the production people a little crazy because I was like yeah I want the drums on the lanes and they're like yeah but they're, they're too big so we built like a riser so it could sit on the on, across the lanes and um, yeah, and then had each, you know, the guitarists all on their own lane. And, yeah, it was, it was, it looked exactly like I had hoped, maybe even better. And, um, yeah, it was, really, it was really cool. Um, Did you have an so audience? I, you know, we had an audience at the bowling alley. I think we were allowed to have um, 15 people, which, you know, isn't huge. But it, <laughs> what was really nice was to finally have some applause <laughs> Yeah. After each, after people had finished playing, because the first two were, um, yeah, I, I wasn't allowed to clap because you know we weren't allowed to have an audience, so I just had to, you know, do pretend claps. But it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, fifteen. It's, it's it'll just get better from there. <laughs> Amazing. So, How was the was stress really levels cool. with doing something during COVID? Um. Yeah. You, you know. I. I, I don't know if it was necessarily stressful more than um, what I found. I actually found it quite disappointing how much um, the word COVID, um, face masks, social dis- like just took a lot of the joy <laughs> out of mm. creating something. Um, because, you know, when you make events, you know, it's all about coming together and connection and 
um, you know, and that's what I love so much about creating these things. So kind of having, you know, such um, two different things as part of a planning, you know. It was planning something to bring people together but at the same time, you know, talking about sanitising and it was, yeah, it was quite challenging. I actually found that the most challenging and it was just because it was just an emotional thing more than the um, actual technical, you know, logistic side of it. It was just more, yeah. um, I guess it's like the grief of like realising, you know, what we've lost in, especially in the live music space. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was definitely, that was definitely something I do think that was quite, um, just have, yeah, having it, you know, laid out in front of you so black and white that, you know, this is how it is at the moment. So, um, yeah, no more sweaty kind of, you know, get-togethers enjoying music. Yeah, I miss, <laughs> um, so yeah. I miss the dance for one day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing. I think there's some really good lessons in there, especially around, you know, like teaming up with people who, you know, councils and, you know, I've always had really great projects with people in, you know, creative arts departments at, at government or councils. And I highly recommend that people out there with cool ideas go and speak to them because most of the time they're a really well-connected creative person who is looking for creatives to back and they've got, you know, these, they've got budgets and things to, to you know, tick off and, ways to activate communities and yeah there's very much an untapped resource oh definitely and you know it's um even when um when I was at that Acme Accelerator even then I you know I didn't even think that someone like me could apply for grants either or or approach council I just was like oh you know I'm not good enough I'm you know um, my ideas are a bit weird, um, and and eventually, I you know, they're actually the people that those kind of things are looking for. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I applied for this grant um, uh, the other, well, not the other day. God, it feels like the other day, but a while ago, and um, and you know, they actually asked me to apply for it because they're like, we are so, so tired of hearing the same ideas. So mm-hmm. I think you know. I think it's um it's definitely something that's worth pursuing um because yeah as I said you know I just thought that it was not something that I would be able to do so um yeah I think that's a really good point because I think a lot of people you know and there there is a um belief that you know as the artist you've got to kind of do it hard or rough or you know earn your Mm -hmm. way up but it's like there, there's a lot of people, and I think this is going to have come come about more and more, who are actually, you know, who are needing to outsource creativity. They need the ideas, like, and you know, there's a lot of people in corporate and in government who they just don't even get access to think creatively because you know there is a lot of red tape. Or I remember in my days, it was just pointless meetings and you know, structure and having to be in an office and they just don't have access to what, you know, a creative entrepreneur can drive out to Charlton and that and Charleston and have a look around and, you know, like feed their creativity mm. as well. Yeah. And yeah, and, and the people that I've spoken, you know, I mean I pretty much spend my days now talking to people in council and government and um and they're I you know I can't stress enough that this is, you know, they're looking they are looking for you know creative solutions and out you know for especially at this time as well that um that you know it's i think it's definitely um the goalposts have definitely changed since covid and i think people are looking for for new ways to do things and more um yeah creative well, I know definitely here in Victoria that's the case anyway, so I'm not sure what it's like mm. anywhere else. No, but, um, I think of course. Yeah. It, um, and where, like I'm interested to hear where, what, what fuels you, where do your ideas come from and maybe we can touch a little bit on some of your earlier projects like the magazine and other projects you've done over the years. I think you, what, like, what's this pizza thing and do you deliver to Sydney? <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> no, it, that's not, well, it's not my thing, but I, um, <laughs> I, um, yeah, uh, well, I'll, I'll firstly with my, where ideas come from, I think, yeah. um, I, I, look, I don't know really, but, um, <laughs> um, but I have a lot of them and I have got a lot better at filtering what I think is worth pursuing and what's not. I used to just throw everything out there and see what stuck and a lot of the times too many things got stuck and then it, I became unstuck because I couldn't, you know, put all my energy into one particular thing. So that can kind of be a dangerous a dangerous. What did you learn? Too, what, was the, what, what helps you to filter them now? I think that's a good piece of advice for people. Yeah, I think um, I think that uh, I, I just now look at what I think has you know legs to build into something that I'm gonna not one not get sick of because that is a big thing for me. Like I I get tired of projects quickly. I like to build things and go. Oh, that was fun. See you later. Um, which I you know I think a lot of creative people do have that a similar a similar mm. thing with that it's like oh, I want to build something beautiful but I don't want to run a business um, which you know is definitely me and so I think um, the thing with what has made okay motels kind of win out in the end is I think it's also something that can be more than just one thing so you know it's the events but at the moment I'm just building, just finishing building a website that's going to be this um, kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure road trip um, website. Um, so the thing I think, oh, it's, it's oh, my God, it's, I bore my eyes out when I saw it, which is, you know, a bit of a theme for me. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but having someone understand your, and that's one of the biggest things that I love is collaborating with people who, can bring things to you know my ideas as well because I can't do everything and um I think that's a really good tip for creatives is like you know it's really normal for you to be the ideas person you know you can't then be the website developer and the sound guy and you know or like solving all the problems and it's really good advice to like work with people who have a different skill set but can also see the same vision yeah, and these, and even um, even working, especially working with other creatives as well, like you know who's doing my website at the moment, um, having them have even you know these like cool creative ideas for your idea that you know you're just like oh, I never I never looked at it my at, you know never looked at it that way or like it's really yeah I I get so much out of talking to other people about how they see your idea or you know or okay motels and um yeah it's and that kind of just um adds more passion or you know more mm. fire to to the idea because um especially because you know you go oh these people are into it too and and um and this is how they think about it and yeah it's um yeah it's it's uh it kind of anyway so what else with the filtering thing is i think it's good i was just gonna um, say it's like i find that a lot with business coaching you know you can end up mm -hmm. in a conversation with someone it's meant to be an hour session and you could go on and on because you're bouncing ideas and you get to you know feed each other's creativity and come up with new ways of doing things yeah it's a really important part of the process i think Oh, so much. And, you know, that's what's been hard, I think, about this year is, um, you know, it just hasn't really happened because you don't, you know, you don't create a Zoom meeting just to hang out, you know what I mean? So whereas you go, oh, let's catch up for a coffee or whatever, and then you can just sort of have a chat. So I think that's something that's really been missing this year is that sort of collaboration, just, mm. you know, organic kind of collaboration um, through chats and stuff is been a big thing but um yeah I think with um yeah what make, made okay win was was that thing because you know I know me being who I am like I do get bored with things quickly and um so I think it's really exciting that yeah yeah I think that's it like it's a good it's an even you know we're talking about you as an example of a creative who can make a living off it and I think 
Mm. It's, you can even go deeper with your story. And I actually had a client the other day that we were doing a similar business model for her because um, you, you know, you go, well, where do you come alive and what are your passions? And it's okay. And like the reality is there's so many different business models out there. You know, you don't have to be an entrepreneur who's building a business. You might be consulting or being commissioned or, you know, they don't have to be all of your events. You know, there's so many different ways you can structure the actual business and the how you get your ideas out to the world without you having to build lots of businesses, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, even, even today, um, I'm, I'm um, one of the cool things that's come out of OK Motels is someone's paying me to do a road trip today mm-hmm. to take photos. And, and I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's something that's different to what I would do every day for OK. And, um, and, and I'm going somewhere that someone else has suggested. So that's kind of exciting. And, um, and so I think that that's, you know, I'm really glad that I've stuck with it because a lot of, it's been really hard. And I think this is a, a really, big thing is you know when you see your vision so clearly and people don't and they question you a lot you know well this is what's happened with okay it's like I just don't see how you can make money from this I don't don't see where it's going I don't see how this is a viable business but you can see it and you're Mm. just you you stick with it um and you know when you when you do stick with it and you finally start seeing these outcomes it's like it is just so uh it's it's such an incredible feeling that you're like yeah I'm I'm really glad I backed myself um it's so I remember that actually when when I started out everyone's like you're never going to make money off startups because startups don't have money and (laughs) creatives as well like and I was like I remember that people saying that like how do you how are you going to scale this how are you going to make money off it and you know, door, mm. like being in the game and believing and holding firm to your vision, like doors open and things happen. And yeah, my book deal came and I'm, you know, online courses and speaking gigs and program writing. It's like you just don't know what's going to happen if you're, you, you know, oozing what you love and who's going to come across it yeah. and say, I have an idea. Yeah, oh, totally. And I think, you know, a lot of people say those things to you because it, because it doesn't exist already mm. and it's like well it hasn't been proven it's and so but that's what makes you know what your idea or the thing you're doing so special and why mm. you know I'm not saying they're all going to work but um you know if you're the first to do something then that's you know that's pretty cool and um and you have to be prepared and, to have that challenge you know like if if you didn't if if people didn't push back you wouldn't think more about it or or you know get even more passionate about it and the reality is if you can start an idea and get it out there and you can start with knowing that not everyone's going to love it not everyone's going to need it or be willing to pay for it and that people may well challenge you and just set yourself up to you know to actually make that lean into that and make you more passionate Mm -hmm. then it won't rattle you as much (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's why, you know, going back on um, really having to love love it and be believe in it is so important because if you don't, then it's going to be harder to, to stick with it when people do question you or, um, you know, it, it's because, um, you know, I mean, I, I think um, I built this cafe in like 2005 in this tiny space in the city and so many people would walk past me building this cafe going, oh, my God, that is never going to work. And i just stand there looking and going, fuck, what am I doing? What am I doing? But it ended up being like one of the first little micro cafes in Melbourne. And it's and that I built it in 2005 and it's still there today. And, wow. um, and I was like, and it's just like it was because it's something that people hadn't seen. It was like, oh, this is, you know, this is, a weird idea and um but that's what made people love coming there once I actually got it 
up and running. And um, and I think how do you, that, uh, what's your tips oh, for yeah. that confidence and self belief? You know, like how do what what are some of the I don't know if you've ever thought about it or whether it just becomes natural. But mm-hmm. and I know you've had you know a lot of different dynamics play out in all of your different businesses over the years. But what are some of the tips mm-hmm. that maybe you can offer those at home who might be self doubting or you know, have other people doubting them and how do you push through that and, you know, keep backing yourself on an idea? Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. Um because I think what had what actually got me through um, you know, that cafe thing and okay is I just I just really believed in it. And I know that sounds dumb, but like and I could and I could just so clearly see what it looked like at the end and and how it worked and how people were going to enjoy it and um and we I mean also with the cafe like I did the maths and I was like I, I found a place on the corner of Collins and Swanson Street for 200 bucks a week how can that <laughs> not work that's a good point <laughs> um, I think that's like if you were to give that as advice it's like the um you know, weighing up worst case scenario or like what's, you know, if no one comes, can I afford $200 a week? That is, that's actually really perfect because that is pretty much what I do um, all the time. And, and, you know, I I guess I, I have to be honest though, as well as I actually don't give a shit about money. Like um, I don't, um, you know, there was an event um, the second okay, I went into that going, I'm, and I'd just written my book and I was, I was like, I'm going into this event and I think I'm going to lose my whole book advance on running this event. And I was like, well, <laughs> I, I just had to be okay with that, you know, um, and be prepared for that's just, you know, you win some, you lose some, you know, and that's what is, um, that's what, you know, risk-taking sometimes is about you know you sometimes you don't win them all the time but you know you you go into the the next the next event going um I didn't I didn't lose my book advance by the way <laughs> but um, you go into the, <laughs> I I am I think also I build up the worst case scenario to be really bad mm. <laughs> and, and if I'm and if I'm prepared for that then I know I'll be okay um And I think (laughs) it's just quickly on that. I think what is so powerful about that story and example is that it's, I mean, this whole conversation has been really coming back to this idea of like passion and passion and like really Mm. deeply believing in something that makes you take crazy risks. (laughs) And, but that's also like, that's where passion pushes you beyond your limits and you know helps you to, to mm. be okay with risk taking and but that's also why it works mm. right is like you can you can tell somebody who's running a business who has taken massive risks and because they they you, there's a different feel to them because they've put everything on the line to to do this and they're not mm. playing it safe and you know that it's the difference between somebody who's kind of cruising and in this comfort zone and a person who's like keeps pushing the boundaries and and is putting everything on the line like you can feel the difference in that person right those people Um, uh yeah definitely and you know and I think the the difference too with um you know just a straight up business risk like not a creative business risk but just like a straight up business risk to say doing these events is I like with the first event I was like, look, if I'm gonna, if I end up paying um, thirty-five thousand dollars for fifty of my mates to watch Tropical Fuckstorm in Charlton, then fucking good on. <laughs> that is <laughs> a great investment <laughs> in my fun times. <laughs> like, you know, those fifty people will be like, yeah, remember, remember that, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, and I, I just. I have to, I'm prepared for that, I think, you know, and I know that that is something that some people have or don't have, um, but it, that is my relationship, I think, with money, which is probably not helpful sometimes, but, um, <laughs> you know, 
everyone's <laughs> going to go out and throw um, all of their money after this podcast. <laughs> Don't take money advice from us, guys. This is Kate and I's personal experience. <laughs> no one, this is not financial advice. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Get any <laughs> trouble. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's, I, but you know, at, at the at that same time, I I knew that. Um, I just knew it was going to work. Like I, um, well, I didn't know, but I, you know, in my head, as I said, with the cafe or with anything, you know, I, I really did see the end, what it was at the end, and, um, and and always I would say, you know, oh, how could people not love this? How could how could you not want to <laughs> be, you know, a part of this? And um, and, you know, after spending my however long the um, accelerator program I did was, and even though during it um, I did find it really challenging um, kind of trying to validate um, my creative thought process, but I did, I really did take a lot from it in the end that um, that there is, even though, now and even though now I, I am you know I love okay and um and it's a very creative thing I will say that uh, data is pretty great <laughs> to back <laughs> your ideas and I, and I do take a lot more of that into consideration now mm. um now that um now that I I just you know if I I realize that if I want okay to be what I do every day and be the thing that pays my bills, then I do, I can't do the, um, I can't be where it was when it was like, oh, I'm going to pay 35000 for my 50 mates. Like it needs to be a little bit more considered. Kate's <laughs> um, okay, maybe, maybe I know I was like, hey, maybe I'm growing up a little. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I think, you know, I, I often talk about birthing ideas and it's, you know, I witness mm. the world and how I, you know, new life comes in all aspects of, of the world and nature and everything. But I think what's important about your story is that, and I'm the same, you know, I, I you know, quit my job and threw everything into making startup creative work. And I think there is an element of like fire and passion and like, you know, risk taking and that it brings an idea to life like that it needs like I often mm-hmm. use the example of like yeah. you know kick-starting a motorbike like this is big exertion exertion of energy that needs to come forward mm-hmm. and all of these coordinated parts that need you know move and push the accelerator and all the things to but then once you once you've kick-started it then you can cruise you know and it's about you know starting it's then moving it you know where are you going to take it and it's just like the slight movements of the motorbike that you know go comes from there on in yeah no definitely and I think um with uh any of my idea projects I I feel that um you know it's always when like I I was trying to do um run okay and have a part-time job but I found that um I think weirdly I needed that adrenaline of going, oh, my God, I need to make this work was the thing that makes it work, not mm. um, kind of going, well, I'm getting paid this money from this other job and, you know, I, and I'm not saying everyone quit your job, but I just uh, for some reason take, you know, just jump, taking that jump. And I always say, um you know, you're always going to land somewhere, you know what I mean? Like it's mm. you You end up, um, you know, with whatever and, and, you know, I mean, maybe I'm saying it with because I've never really, you know, I've taken these business risks and not really ever lost out too big but um, I always think that, you know, if it doesn't work then, you know, you're going to be okay, you know. Mm. It's you can. Uh, and I think that um, it's such a big. And thing I think that's that, you how know, you can. You do... Yeah, that that's like the middle ground of um, of mm. the um, of of determining determining the the level of risk that you are willing to take is like you know you obviously don't mm. want to go out and blow you know your house on your family's livelihood on, on an idea, but 
finding that sweet spot that's like this is scary enough that mm-hmm. it's going to push me to to make it work um but not too comfortable mm-hmm. but not too scary that it's going to you know not be I won't be able yeah. to put food on the table yeah you want to yeah you want to sleep at night yeah Awesome. this has been an incredible <laughs> conversation yeah I know I definitely know I feel like we could go on and on and um there's so much more to your story which um has um we might have to do a part two but I'm weary that we've we've given everyone <laughs> lots of really great tips and advice and I'm so grateful for sharing so honestly and openly about your story Kate oh thank you I'm I'm yeah it was really nice to have a chat yeah, absolutely. I and look people, forward to catching up in person. I, yeah, and, and you know, I, I would love people to, like, get in touch. If they have any crazy ideas, I would love to talk to them about it. <laughs> absolutely. You can work. What's your handle's best way to contact you, Kate? Um, it's uh, OK Motels on Instagram. Yeah, we'll put all the, the links and everything on our Instagram and also on our podcast notes and websites. Um, but thank you so, so much. Good luck with your road trip this weekend. I can't believe you've gone from I'm going to lose my whole book deal to I now get paid <laughs> to go on other people's road trips. <laughs> I know. How good. <laughs> <laughs> you really <Okay>. made it. <laughs> I, I definitely have. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thanks so much, Kate. Have a great day. Thank you so much. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the Startup Creative Podcast. If you get a chance, head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified every time there's a new podcast up. See you next week.